Good Sunday morning, Trinity Grace. Hope you had a restful spring break week. My family and I got back late last night from time away in Florida together over the spring break week, and it was an enjoyable time. I had the chance to sit a lot on the beach and look at the ocean uh, to play with the kids. And towards the end of the week, it was hard to draw my attention away from the news that was happening uh, in our world uh, and in our communities. It seemed that a tsunami of anxiety and fear uh, took over the nation last week. Uh, If you were anything like me, you found yourself being concerned by lots of different issues, things like the stock market and our um, retirement accounts, things like health, and if there will be health care available if we need it in the coming weeks, things like business and what you'll be doing uh, in the coming weeks, working from home, uh, going to the office, having to take a break from work altogether, uh, wondering about what you're going to do with kids uh, in the coming days and weeks as schools have canceled across our city being rightfully concerned about family members that might be elderly or have experienced some other health concerns in the past that put them at greater risk. As I thought about it this week, there's lots to be fearful about if you stop and think about it. And in the midst of our fear and anxieties, if you're like me, you've heard lots of voices this past week trying to calm those fears and those anxieties. We oftentimes look to elected officials to do that. Sometimes we look to physicians or medical experts to calm our anxieties and fears. A lot of times we'll turn to news anchors and social media personalities. And as you listen to these voices, as you're experiencing the fear and anxiety around you, it's really hard to tell the difference between what's true and what's false. It's hard not to grow more anxious when you hear the voices of our culture and our society um, kind of encouraging us how to think. And so this morning, I want to recenter us a bit. If you're like me, it was hard to pull away and to hear the words that are true from a voice who knows, from a voice who is aware of what we experience in this broken, fallen world. This morning, I want to recenter our hearts on that voice just for a few minutes, and it comes to us this morning from Matthew chapter 6. It's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he's addressing a group of people who are likely experiencing difficulty on a daily basis, wondering where their next meal will come from, wondering if the next sickness or disease is going to impact them or their families. And these are the words that Jesus says to a group of people like that. comes from Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. These are the words of our Lord. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. 
Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." Well, in this passage, Jesus is reminding us that he loves us and he cares for us. And he's inviting you and me to rest in God's sovereign fatherly care in this passage. He's inviting us into the story that we already know, the story of God's care and faithfulness towards us. And I wonder if that story is the one you've been living in this past week. It's this idea of story that Jesus is really getting at in verse 32 when he mentions that Gentiles seek after accumulation and they worry about what they'll eat and drink. And it's important to know that in this context, Gentiles are those who aren't a part of God's story yet. They don't know God's care and provision firsthand yet. They're not aware of God's care and faithfulness. They're living in a different story altogether, one where they have to provide for themselves, one that leads to more worry and anxiety. And Jesus is coming and reminding us that we don't have to love and care for ourselves here in Matthew chapter 6. He's reminding us that's not our story. He's reminding us, inviting us not to act like orphans who have no one to care for them. So this morning, I'd love for us to ask ourselves the question, do you have a story that can deal with the anxiety that this life produces? And we've experienced that anxiety in an acute way this past week. Are you living in a story that has the ability to calm your worry and anxiety? Or does your story make that worry and anxiety worse? Look, if God doesn't orchestrate events in our lives, then we've got to do it ourselves. If God isn't caring for us, then we need to secure our own lives. That's what would make sense. So we move out trying to secure our lives with resources, with health, with more depth of knowledge on certain topics and issues, with things like money. If God doesn't love and care for us, we've got to love and care for ourselves. And when you have to love and care for yourself, anxiety is inevitable. In this passage, Jesus is inviting us into a big enough story, a story of God's care and provision. Jesus is encouraging his followers to know the story that they're a part of and to trust God because of that story. It's a story where they've seen God's care and provision over and over and over again. He's provided for all of their needs. He even comes to you in the person of Jesus. It's a story where God comes to the rescue to live for his people, to die for his people, to be raised for his people. It's a story where God takes it upon himself to provide and care for his people. And if it's true, then maybe we can begin to rest in that sovereign fatherly care, even when it seems like the world around us is going crazy, even when it seems like all the voices in our lives are telling us to do the exact opposite. And when that happens, when we trust in Jesus' words and receive his invitation, 
we can apply what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where he invites us to cast all of our anxieties on the Lord because he cares for us. Look, over the past few days, I've been reflecting once again on the fact that we're limited. We're limited people, limited humans. And specifically, I've been thinking about the fact that we were not made to take in the amount of news that we receive through the 24-hour news cycle. We've got no agency, really, no power for what we hear. We hear of things that we can do nothing about, and it just leads to more anxiety and worry. And over the coming days, I think we're going to have some unique opportunities as the church to take things a day at a time, like Jesus encourages us to do at the end of this passage in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to have some opportunities for each of us to love and to serve our neighbors in creative and unique ways. And so this coming week, I encourage you to think about making a phone call to somebody that might be lonely whether it be a part of our church family or somebody in your neighborhood, just to simply talk, to check in, to listen. Encourage you to perhaps check in on a neighbor or a coworker or a school family that you know. Just ask how they're doing and see if there's anything that you can be praying for them about. It'd be great to offer a meal to a child that you know that's out of school this week, as many of the children in our area rely on those meals in order to have nutrition for the day. It'd be great to perhaps make a grocery store run for an elderly neighbor or a church member that you know is homebound because of uh, age or previous medical conditions. And as we take it day by day, just simply doing the next right thing, we can remember Jesus's words that remind us not to be anxious or worried because God our Father cares for us. And I'll close this morning with one last thought. After having read Matthew chapter 6 and the rest of the Gospels, in fact, you get the sense that Jesus never really worried. You get the sense that he was never anxious about the future or his life. After all, he was intimately aware that God was his Father and that God would care for him. Jesus knew who he was and he knew who his Father was and he was secure. But there's one instance where you see a glimpse of Jesus experiencing what could be considered anxiety. Later in the Gospel of Matthew, on the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus, you find him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And as he thought about what would happen to him the next day, the text says that he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus began to be sorrowful and troubled. He worried. He was anxious when he thought of being torn apart from his father. That thought had the capacity to create a sense of anxiety in Jesus' heart, unlike he'd ever experienced before. In the next day, we see why Jesus was so anxious and worried. We see that Jesus on that next day was torn apart from the father. Jesus lost his security, lost the love and care that he had always known from eternity past. He experienced this so that you and I might know the security that comes through having a relationship with that Father. In a sense, Jesus lost God's love and care for a time on the cross so that you and I would never have to question that love and care ever again. And if God has given us this, won't he also give us all things?
And so this morning, as we look to the week ahead and things are likely going to get crazier, the noises and the voices in our lives likely will get louder. I'd encourage you to come back to Matthew chapter 6 and allow the voice of Jesus to shape your heart and your life this week where he invites you to cast your anxieties on him because he is one who deeply cares for you. Well, let me pray for us this morning um, as we think about this week ahead. Lord Jesus, we are thankful for the way that you provide and care for us. We confess that we often listen to other voices, to other stories in our lives that shape and form who we are. And oftentimes they shape and form us in ways that we don't like, in ways that do not lead to life, but actually lead to anxiety and worry and even death. And so we pray this morning that you would recenter our vision, recalibrate our heart's affections upon your love and your care in our lives. We pray that we would follow you one day at a time, knowing that we follow one who knows us, who loves us, and who will provide for all that we need. We pray, Lord, that you would use us in the coming days as your body to point people to your great love and care, to proclaim the hope of the gospel with our words and with our actions to our friends and our neighbors even this week. And we pray that your spirit would go before us, giving our efforts great impact among our friends and our neighbors. And we pray all of this for your glory and for our good. And in the name of the one who loves us, our Lord Jesus Christ, amen.